0: Hey, Nerd Herders, you're listening to Go Chuck Yourself. In this episode, Aaron and I recap and analyze season two, episode two of Chuck. And that's entitled Chuck versus the Seduction. For those of you keeping track at home, I hope you enjoy listening. Remember, you can always email us at GoChuckYourselfPodcast at gmail.com. We might read your email on air or give you a shout out. Follow us on Twitter at GoChuckPodcast. Remember to check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we would really appreciate it if you went and you clicked the like button or the subscribe button or the, the review button, followed by you typing on your keyboard to write that review. We would, Well, you know, we would take just one of them if you did all three, maybe two. Great. Uh, but like I said, we'd love to hear from you. We appreciate your feedback. We hope you enjoy the show. There we go. Welcome, welcome. Here we are. It's Go Chuck Yourself, the world's best Chuck podcast. My name is Chris Gillespie.
1: My name is Erin Arata.
0: Erin Arata, what the hell's going on, Erin?
1: Just uh sitting here trying trying to be a little bit quiet because it is early in the morning and my roommates are asleep.
0: Oh, you are Oh, I see. Yes, the time difference we are recording a little bit earlier than we have in the past, especially for Erin. And it is, what, it's like 5 a.m. your time?
1: Yep, 5 a.m. That's exactly what time it is.
0: Nice. Well, I appreciate you getting up early and doing it. I am, of course, in the middle of my day, so I am full energy. I know you have headphones in so your roommates can't hear me, but my goal is to talk as loud as possible (laughs) so that they hear me through the headphones. And through door. Good morning, roommates of Aaron. Hope uh, hope you're having a good weekend. Hope you're ready to talk about episode 2, season 2 of Chuck chuck versus the seduction wake the hell up
1: can you uh, get i have i have some news here uh i've just been asked to leave my apartment i have been evicted my landlord actually heard you from downstairs and showed up
0: good get out of your apartment and find (laughs) another quiet area or a loud area i don't care so we can we can do the show uh like i said we're talking about chuck versus the seduction episode two season two really hard to uh not make a comment about all the twos in the title. This episode, I crammed in right after season two, episode one. I just couldn't get enough. I was riding a Chuck High and I said, let's keep going. Let's do another. Let's ride that train. <laughs> Let, let's ride the roller coaster again. I got out of the roller coaster, then did a lap, got back on the roller coaster and did the whole Chuck thing again because I'm so hyped up on Chuck.
1: Is is that what the kids are calling it these days?
0: Yeah, everyone's getting hyped up on Chuck. all the all the people around the world getting hyped up on chuck
1: i'm pretty hyped too i thought this was a pretty good episode
0: i uh i yes i think so as well do you want to uh do you want to start it off
1: yeah let's start off
0: okay chuck versus the seduction
1: hi guys i'm here to seduce you that's my line (laughs) that's how i do it that's how i walk into the club
0: (laughs) that's how you walk into the classrooms yes
1: yep that too so the recap for this episode is extremely thorough like uncomfortably thorough there was a scene establishing that Lester is assistant manager which is relevant to this episode and relevant to the plot of the show but it could have been so much shorter and it got all the way to the part where Lester says that there have been several complaints about Chuck which we learned in the last episode was a lie and is isn't relevant to anything so I don't know why they felt the need to include that other than to establish that like Lester is going mad with power but I don't know it was weird but the episode proper Starts with Casey and Chuck walking into the Bymore, and Casey getting Chuck up to speed on what we saw last week with the intersects. Chuck is distressed to learn that Graham is dead, but he's more distressed to learn that, as Casey says, he won't be leaving the Bymore anytime soon. Chuck looks up at the store to see this huge, very like we learn later that it's real, but it looked very fake in the scene somehow. Like there's a big banner that says "Under New Assistant Management," which. I know Big Mike didn't pay for that, so I have to assume that Lester bought it with his own money. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't think Big Mike could care or to be bothered <laughs> to spend money on a big flyer like that. So, yeah, yeah sure, it's probably Lester using his new assistant manager salary.
1: Yeah, I mean, I support him. He uh, he's He's proud of his accomplishment. Good for him. So as we've established, this is, if this was not clear from everything I've just said, Lester is the new assistant manager and he's gone mad with power. It's basically Harry Tang all over again minus the racist wife, as we know Lester is not married. It's so. <laughs> uh,
0: important to note that the wife herself is not racist. Oh, no, she's not but racist. The depiction the chari- of yes. the character was seemed to be a offensive stereotype. Yes. She does not seem no, maybe she she's racist. Seem,
1: I mean she could like we don't we don't know enough about her because of her racist depiction.
0: Right, we, she is so shallow and one-dimensional that there's no way of knowing if she has a trait such as hate for yes. a specific race because she was <laughs> such an offensive stereotype
1: yes so um lester has a meeting with the five employees he tells jeff no more sleeping in the bathroom he tells morgan no more borrowing dvds these are all relatively reasonable but it's portrayed as him like being like crazy like he's a tyrant Mm -hmm. We have another scene, which is basically copy and pasted from the last season of Chuck having an existential crisis about his life. Morgan indicating that Sarah is in the store and then her walking towards them in slow motion. It's pretty much something that we've seen before, but it turns into like a fun dream sequence where like Sarah does a cartwheel and then she crawls toward Chuck seductively, And then they kiss when she gets to him, which I thought was going to be a fantasy, but it was real. They really kissed. It was nice. Yay. Um, he asks if it's a real kiss or a cover kiss, and they have kind of like a little back and forth rapport kind of thing, and I really liked it. I wrote in my notes, Chuck is growing on me, so I guess I hated Chuck up to this point. I didn't know oh. that about myself, but he's growing on me now.
0: Well, I, did you think Chuck was like an anti-hero, like a, a Walter White or a, a Don Draper
1: kind yeah, I of guess, type? I guess so. I guess that's exactly what I thought.
0: You, like, are supposed to hate him, but you're also rooting for him.
1: Yeah, that's...
0: That would be a twist if that's what Chuck was about.
1: <laughs> I guess am <laughs> going to so. put that on
0: the back burner. I'm yeah, gonna we can watch, talk about that more. I'm going to watch episodes through that lens Did you down. know...
1: Okay, um, in one of, some of my research, did you know that one of the taglines for Chuck was saving the world for $11 an hour? Because <laughs> I really like that.
0: Sounds kind of familiar.
1: Yeah. And also, they're going hard on the $11 an hour thing.
0: Mm-hmm. That's how much he gets paid.
1: That It is. We, we've We've heard it a couple times. So Sarah reminds Chuck that they can't be together because he's an asset and she's there to protect him. She tells him this while they're walking into a new location. We get introduced to Castle for the first time. Not the Nathan Fillion character, but the secret CIA underground base beneath the orange orange.
0: It's, it's called Castle?
1: It's called Castle. I don't think they say that this episode, but it's oh. called Castle.
0: Was I supposed to know that?
1: I don't know. I mean, you're oh. the Chuck expert. I would have thought you knew that.
0: Oh, Ugh.
1: They say it like a thousand times over the course of the show.
0: Yeah, but they haven't said it yet.
1: Okay, well, I'm sorry for uh, spoiling that it's called Castle, but it's called Castle. So it's basically like a bat cave, It has like gadgets and TV screens and whatever. You know, it's underground. It's, it's mm-hmm. cool. It's fun. Uh, Beckman shows up on the screen in Castle and gives the team a new mission. The CIA thinks that this woman named Sasha has the real cipher to the Intersect 2.0 and she's in LA to sell it because everyone goes to LA to sell things. I guess that's true. So in order to find this woman named Sasha, they need this uh, famous spy named Roan Montgomery. He's apparently off the grid, so um, Chuck is supposed to like use his Intersect abilities to find him. We find out that Casey and Montgomery have a history, so that's, uh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll get more information on that true to his hero's journey chuck rejects the call and says that they can count him out of this mission sarah manages to convince him by telling him that the sooner they find the cypher the sooner he can stop being intersect so that convinces him to help so apparently the intersect knows exactly where montgomery is like down to his address Mm -hmm. which it would be much easier if like the Intersect had an address book. Like I don't know why they don't just use that all the time. But uh, apparently he's in uh, Palm Springs, and he's a real he's a real James Bond type, as they say. And as we can glean from like everything about this episode, he's played by an actor from Night Court. Is this like is this a famous actor that you know? Do you know him? Uh, no, it is not. Okay, because I thought. I, I was like, oh, I recognize that guy, and then I looked up what he was in, and I was like, no, I don't recognize that guy, but he was in Night Court, so if you had seen Night Court, like, you would probably be really excited. Casey, Sarah, and Chuck head to Palm Springs, which is where Montgomery lives. We find out that Montgomery was Casey's teacher at spy school and failed him twice in seduction class. Ooh. You ever had a seduction <laughs> class, Chris?
0: Um, None that were labeled as such, but... <laughs> What what is spy school? Is you think it sounds like Hogwarts? They have seduction as a class in spy school.
1: Well I was I was wondering because Did Casey
0: also fail like reading teeth leaves and
1: divination. Doing
0: whatever they do in that botanist class. Herbology. Casting patroni.
1: Okay. This is this is getting in this is very embarrassing for you.
0: <laughs> oh, it's embarrassing for me.
1: I was wondering. um Casey and Sarah seem to have gone to the same spy school, but he's NSA and she's CIA. So does everyone go to spy school?
0: Well, if you think about it, like we went to the same school, and you have a job, and I don't. So,
1: <laughs> good point. So when we meet him, Montgomery is no longer quite as suave as he, we were led to believe. He's passed out under his bed with a bottle, apparently having hooked up with a stewardess. Which, mm. like, good for him anyway, though. Like he's he's living his best life. He's okay.
0: Yeah, he's a play on James Bond, but it's saying like, well, what if James Bond was older and passed his prime? Like, what does that look like? That's this character.
1: That's, yes, that is a good description. We've apparently dropped the Palm Springs trip. Like, that's pretty far to go. So, um... Is it? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I think it's like an hour or something. I don't know. Now I'm like, showing the fact that I don't know where Palm Springs is, but it's far away. Um, we're back with Chuck, Ellie, and Devin the next morning, so, like, whatever conversations happened, apparently, like, we find out later that Montgomery ended up at Casey's house, so whatever conversations were uh, in between them getting to, like, them meeting Montgomery and them getting back to L.A., unimportant, according to mm-hmm. Chuck. But we show up the next morning, and we find out that Ellie is upset that Devin hasn't taken her out on a real date since they got engaged, which I have to ask you, it was a very minor plot in the last episode, but I distinctly remember Ellie saying something very similar, and then Devin saying he was taking her out for all-you-can-eat-chicken, and then they go, like, when, and that's why, like, Chuck is home alone cooking for Sarah, because they, like, Ellie and Devin vacate the premises to go on a date. Do you remember this? Is this, like, a hallucination that I had?
0: No, I think you're right.
1: So, okay, well, uh... But it wasn't,
0: like, a fancy date, though, was it?
1: Maybe, but... There was a subtitle snafu that I wanted to note where Devin says, I took you out last week, and Ellie says, yeah, to Arby's. But the subtitle says, yeah, to Subway.
2: Oh! They're, like,
1: like going deep on this marketing. Subway, Subway, yeah. Subway, first mention. I
2: didn't know how
0: invasive Subway was early on. Interesting. Interesting.
1: I know, very interesting. More on that in a couple (laughs) seasons, I guess.
0: Subway's like, hey, we really want to connect with the people that are watching Chuck season two via the closed captioning, so <laughs> why don't you just drop that Arby's reference, they'll never know, and just put in Subway.
1: Yeah, it, it worked. I was like, ooh, Subway, okay. Subway,
2: yeah, weird, okay,
1: cool. Ellie and Devin want to be more like Chuck and Sarah, which is kind of ironic, considering Chuck and Sarah's relationship is very weird right now. Mm-hmm. Ellie asks Devin for an evening of whining and dining, and Devin says, mission accepted. Meanwhile, Casey and Sarah tell Beckman that Montgomery is a no-go, intercut with a scene of who is presumably Montgomery getting ready he's apparently staying in Casey's upstairs of his apartment which first of <laughs> all the like Casey has an apartment with an upstairs that's very exciting I don't even think Chuck's apartment has an upstairs does it no I don't think so yeah so uh Casey's living in the lap of luxury that Montgomery is getting ready and he he picks out a suit to put on He makes a martini and he's in the shower. And I don't understand, like, is this Casey's stuff? Like, what is going on here?
0: (laughs) Does he just have a suitcase that he goes around with? Probably with like a martini mixer and a suit and different stuff. There's a lot of suits,
1: though. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I liked it better thinking that it was like Casey's suits and like Montgomery just puts one on or if I liked it better that he just brings like eight suits with him wherever he goes.
0: This is going to sound dumb, but I I agree that I feel like the use of or like the transitioning between different spaces and locations was kind of fluid in this or like I was getting confused because for part of it, I was like, oh, where are they? And I think they're in Chuck's apartment but it's the morning and Ellie and Devin aren't there. But then I was like, are they at Montgomery's apartment that Casey's apartment? Like I was pretty confused throughout and that's just a dumb thing that was going on with me.
1: No, I don't think it's dumb. I think it was kind of unclear in this episode. And I have noticed in this episode and the next episode that there is like, they just cut to the next scene without explaining really how they got there. So sometimes that can be confusing and you're like, wait, what happened? So Mm -hmm. that's the magic of television.
0: Thank you for coming to my defense. And (laughs) Making me feel like less of an idiot.
1: Anytime. I'm sure I'll make you feel like an idiot very soon.
0: Yeah, if I mention anything about Harry Potter, geez.
1: (laughs) So Montgomery comes down in the middle of the call with Beckman, making her very flustered. I liked that detail. Mm -hmm. Um, He suggests that they find someone completely innocuous to seduce Sasha. So he says that he's going to teach Chuck how to seduce this woman. We have a good line from Chuck who comments on... Uh, Montgomery has a very clear drinking problem that no one addresses. It's kind of just, like, humorous. Like, oh, this guy sucks. But, like, I think he's asking for help. But Chuck (laughs) says his liver must look like camouflage, which I thought was a fun line.
0: Unless you are someone that has liver disease, in which case,
2: not a fun line. not a fun
1: line. Just a grim, grim fact. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, Devin goes to the Bymore looking for Chuck, much like me coming to the show. But instead, he finds Morgan, also much like me coming to the show. You know, and like, I want to see Chuck, but I get Morgan. Do you not like how I phrase that? Let's just move on.
0: No, I like that. It took me a second.
1: Uh, Morgan proceeds to try to prove that he knows Ellie better than Devin. He says Mm. he's devoted himself to the study of Ellie for 19 years, which is truly horrifying. (laughs) And he offers to help Devin plan a romantic evening. Despite the fact that we haven't seen any proof yet, thank God, we know that Anna and Morgan are still a thing because she kind of looks on on this scene and glares a little bit. We go back to Montgomery and uh, Chuck and Sarah, who are having like a little mini seduction class. Montgomery asks Chuck how he'd seduce Sarah if given the chance. And Chuck displays kind of, I don't know if this is character development or character inconsistency, so I will get your opinion on this, but he displays like remarkable confidence. And he says, oh, I'd just be myself and try to make her laugh. So do you think that's like on brand for Chuck or do you think that's like he has grown?
0: Yeah, it seemed like he was, it was just kind of like, he's friends with Sarah, so yeah. he knows what he would probably do.
1: Yeah, that's fair. He was, um, because I was just thinking back to, like, the first episode when he was, like, trying to talk to all those girls, and he was having, like, so much trouble, and, like, people were giving mm-hmm. him advice, and just, he seems like, yeah, i just, like, be myself. Like, he's, he's kind of confident in himself, so I like that. Like, if yeah. that's character growth, I'm proud of him. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Montgomery is not impressed by this answer. He then manipulates Chuck and Sarah into kissing, which I thought was a, like very creepy of him to do but like the actual act of the kiss i was like oh they're kissing they love each other so they have like a very romantic kiss and montgomery is impressed by that
0: i wrote down hot damn that was a sexy kiss <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean it was i think yeah i think it was a good kiss it was very like i don't know it was very like uh aggressive
0: heart racing butterfly inducing
1: yeah he's nice
0: elevating soaring
1: soar soaring the ride at disney Love that ride! it's a good ride.
0: Strap into a big fake. Uh, what are those <laughs> things called? Parasailers? No, hang gliders. Stra- strap yourself into a big fake hang glider and get ready for this kiss, <laughs> which is also the uh the summary line on my LinkedIn page. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Casey was also he was using headphones to listen in on what was going on oh, during yeah. the little mini lesson, yeah. which I like. I'm yeah, always happy fun. when Casey's using his headphones.
1: I always like when Casey has a picture of Ronald Reagan next to him, which like that's questionable but i do like that it happens
0: let's see so then chuck says that he and sarah may have the strangest relationship in los angeles as he gets ready for the undercover date with uh sasha is her name
1: Sasha?
0: uh i apologize i apparently was going to make a joke here like i was going to ask you what you thought the strangest relationship in la was do you have any thoughts
1: Why are you apologizing? I saw that. I saw that in the notes.
0: Because I was reading. I haven't. I uh, not that I don't look at my notes every night before I go to bed, <laughs> but I uh just realized, like looking out of context, I think it looks kind of like a dig towards <laughs> you.
1: Not <laughs> nice. I mean, my, so I
0: apologize.
1: I have some very strange relationships, mostly to like baristas of cafes I go into, <laughs> and mostly just because they say, "Hey, how are you?" and then I get really flustered that they're talking to me, and then just you know it's not a good time so yeah i don't know that's pretty strange that's a strange relationship whatever Mm -hmm. you be the judge
0: so montgomery comes in and he informs chuck that sasha uh kills all of her mates
2: yes
1: uh
0: which somehow no one brought up before beckman did not mention this that chuck's life was on the line when they were talking about like hey who should seduce sasha i don't know someone expendable
1: do you know the nickname Uh, (laughs) that they call her
0: uh the black widow is
1: that allowed are they allowed to do that
0: Probably not now. So uh, lawyers at Disney slash Marvel, we are not using the name Black Widow. Chuck Chuck was using it in 2008. So take it up with them. Uh, Meanwhile, Big Mike back at the Bymore asks to seat Lester. Mike asks Lester why the job he gave him isn't getting done. There's a specific task that is just not happening. And Lester reveals that the Bymore staff is not listening to him as the assistant manager. Mike's uh, leadership advice was to act like a lion and find the wounded gazelle and pounce to assert his dominance. Later that night, Chuck enters the hotel lobby uh, where Sasha is staying. And he awkwardly flails around as Montgomery and Sarah speak to him over the spy earpiece that he has. Chuck introduces himself to Sasha as Carmichael. Chuck orders Sasha a martini and also one for himself, per Montgomery's instruction. However, Sasha shoots him down and says that she doesn't drink. Montgomery is baffled. How can Chuck seduce this woman (laughs) without using alcohol?
1: I have two Is he going to
0: have to talk to her? Is he going to have to ask her what her interests are? Is he going to have to say that she, like, has a nice outfit? What is he going to do if he can't use alcohol and make her lose her, her inhibition?
1: Oh, that's really creepy when you put it like that. I mean, I guess the show put it like that, but still. I have two comments here that I just wanted to bring up. My first thing, which I am now remembering, is Chuck looks like a dad. I think just like what he's wearing is like, he has his hair geled back. He, it's, it's not, he looks like a dad. I would also shoot him down probably, or I would be into it because he's a dad. Um, okay, that was, that was uh, a creepy thing that I just said. I also realized, Let's let's see if this is actually a dumb thing or if this is not something that you know. But I always thought when, like, a um, man is ordering a drink or food or something and he snaps his fingers and he says, Garçon, I thought that all those people were named Garçon. I thought that was a name. But it's not a name. It's, it means something.
0: Uh, this is news to me. This is the first time. I did not notice this in the episode, and I do not know what you're talking about right it's
1: now. It's like a fancy thing where, like, a man who is, like, very suave will, like, snap his fingers and be like, oh, Garçon, I would like a, I would like a martini. But it means, like, servant boy
0: therein lies the problem because i am not suave nor am i fancy
1: that's okay that's fair I, I feel like it happens in stuff like like uh like james bond or like casablanca or something i feel like it happens i've seen it happen so
0: back in the spy van montgomery and sarah differ on which strategy chuck should use to seduce sasha aka the black widow chuck goes back to the black widow at the bar and manages to somewhat impress her with his knowledge of a certain french hotel and its piano players that uh, Montgomery and Sarah supply him with via the earpiece. Awesome and Ellie's evening of intense seduction is underway back at their apartment. Awesome took Morgan's advice and has produced an evening that is sure to, uh, well, I guess not really seduce Ellie, but baffle her uh, in the sense that all of the music (laughs) that Awesome plays comes from the timeless songsmith Richard Marks. Uh, He provides Ellie with Klondike bars and also a DVD of Sister Act. Ellie storms out of the room and goes to bed perturbed by the weirdly Morgan-centric date. As Ellie is storming out, Awesome refers to Morgan as quote, a furry little bastard. Ain't that the truth, Awesome?
1: It's the truth. I I was like torn on this scene. I I think I like hate that it happened, but it was like I I kind of like that the idea is that, like, Morgan thinks he knows Ellie so well, but actually, like, he just, like, he's really immature, so he, like, knows all these, like, facts from, like, her in eighth grade,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I also, like, what what has Morgan been doing? If he's been studying her for 19 years, and he, like, doesn't, like, he's just basing everything off of something from, like, 19 years ago, like, what, like, Morgan is dumber than I thought he was, I guess. <laughs>
0: And uh for those of you playing the go check yourself drinking game, take a shot for when one of us says something disparaging, but still like that we're still impressed by Morgan and how he continues to
1: he's persevering. Us. Yep, he's he's impressive in how bad he is.
0: Wonders never cease to amaze. Uh back at the hotel, Montgomery and Sarah bicker in the van when Montgomery calls out Sarah's feelings for Chuck. Ooh, Ooh. Sarah likes a boy. Ooh. Montgomery accidentally spills his martini onto the control board because, once again, he has a problem with (laughs) alcoholism, which is not funny. (laughs) No. Causing the uh, control board to short-circuit and drop the communication feed with Chuck. Chuck is on his own. He's in the ocean by himself. and He doesn't have his life raft.
1: And there's a shark. It's Sasha. She's the shark.
0: Back at the bar, Sasha, looking all shark-like, is getting a little handsy with Mr. Carmichael and speaks French to him. Uh, When it becomes apparent that Chuck does not speak French, the Black Widow loses interest and leaves Chuck at the bar. As this is going on, Sarah fixes the communication feed, but not her fight with Montgomery. So Chuck accidentally hears Sarah saying that she has no feelings for Chuck and that he is just an asset. I
1: I don't know why Chuck was mad about this. I feel like it's pretty clear that Sarah is just like, like talking to Montgomery and getting him to back off. Like I don't know. I mean, I guess if you if you heard directly someone you had feelings for like in your ear saying like I hate them, then I guess okay, but I I think he <laughs> should have taken it with a grain of salt. They could have talked about it later.
0: Yeah, as if Chuck hears this and goes, "Yo, oh, yeah, you know what? I probably just didn't hear this in context."
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. That's fair. Fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when it becomes apparent that the mission to seduce Sasha was a failure, Sarah storms out of the van. Uh, motivated by what he perceives as rejection from sarah chuck asks montgomery for the final step of his four prong assault we were not talking about the four prong assault earlier but it's basically montgomery's uh method his his tactics that he uses he has a four-step process for seducing any woman uh the first three were what alcohol and talking french and yeah probably negging them because he's the, the pickup artist yeah like uh that that guy mystery Oh, no. Did you watch that show? No, the I did The guy with that. the big furry hat?
1: No.
2: He's
0: taught absolutely not. dorky men how to pick up women using, like, the code of the, the pickup artist? I
1: really hate that, and I'm glad I don't know what that is.
0: <laughs> I should try to find it sometime. He no. wore, he was wearing, like, a furry hat, but sometimes like his more casual look would be wearing like an old-timey pilot's cap with goggles. <laughs> his name is Mystery, and this man, his profession was teaching other men how to be attractive towards women.
1: That's, I, clearly he was an expert. I'm going to look him up right now.
0: He might still be in Los Angeles. He might be able to meet oh, him. Oh,
1: God. I don't want that. Is it like mystery, like the word mystery? Is it like mystery? <laughs>
0: no, it's just the word mystery, like the unsolved case.
1: <laughs> he is not coming up.
0: He's not coming up?
1: No. Well, I Googled mystery date doctor.
0: Well, he's more of a pickup artist. Is not so right, much a pickup artist.
1: Milton Bradley came up. All right. Now he, now he's coming up. Oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be insulted to anyone. I just don't like his career. His real name is Eric Von Markovic. Hello, Eric. I think I could teach him. I think I could teach him something. We're going to have a competition and which one of us can seduce more people, I guess.
0: Eric, mystery, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, you've heard it right here. Aaron is challenging you to a seduction slash pickup contest. So uh, let's make it happen. Reach out. Our people will talk to your people. Let's make it happen. And if you want to come onto the show and talk about Chuck with your big furry hat, you're more than welcome to. What the hell were we talking about? All right, so the four-pronged assault. So Chuck is looking for this, and he wants to know what the final step is. What is the kill shot in the four-pronged assault? Mm -hmm. Montgomery says, Chuck, you're not ready for this. But Chuck says, hey, let me know. I want to know. He's insisting. Yes. So Montgomery tells him that the fourth step of the four-pronged assault is to, quote, be a bastard.
1: Yeah, so that's the nagging. Is that the nagging? Or that's just like straight up being being a dick?
0: Not so much the nagging. I feel like it's just being uncomfortably assertive,
1: perhaps. Okay, all right.
0: Chuck follows Sasha through the lobby, doing his best to channel a cocky, careless Carmichael alliteration. That was some nice alliteration. He gives a very dramatic, impromptu speech about how Sasha will regret not sleeping with him, such he is such a skilled lover. Chuck, not surprisingly, is caught off guard when she accepts his offer and invites him to her room to, quote, make wild, passionate sex to her, end quote. Sarah and Casey sneak up on Chuck and Sasha just in time to see the Sasha, a.k.a. the Black Widow, start making out with Chuck in the elevator. In the hotel room, Sasha goes to change into something a little more comfortable because that's what you say when you're in these scenes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just like our son.
0: While she's in the other room, Chuck frantically searches for the cipher, which is what they've been looking for this whole time, while Sarah and Casey run up, to, uh, run up the hotel stairs. Chuck discovers a knife during his investigation, and he flashes on Sasha, killing someone with said knife, and he starts to panic, as you do. He sees Sasha's henchman outside the room, and he locks the door after advising the henchman, if the hotel room is a-rockin', we're probably having sex.
1: I like that line.
0: That was funny. Yeah. Chuck asks Montgomery for help on how to escape, and Montgomery suggests he tie a bedsheet around his waist and scale down from the balcony, which is a horrible way to escape a 12-story hotel room, but <laughs> I guess if you're out of options, go for it. Sasha comes out in her leopard print nightgown with a cipher hanging around her neck. She gets up in Chuck's space, all sexy-like, but then we learn that she has a ninja star knife <gasps> behind Chuck's back. Oh no! She also says hi to Montgomery through Chuck's microphone. Chuck pushes her away and closes the sliding door to the deck, locking himself outside. Sarah and Casey are caught up by the henchman, and the Black Widow asks Carmichael not to beg for his life since he has nothing to offer, to which Chuck points out, that during their little scramble earlier, he took the cipher off of her neck. <gasps> he ties his belt around the handles of the sliding door to mm-hmm. the outside patio, and then proceeds to try to climb up the balcony uh, to the hotel room above. He almost makes it up there when the couple in the room above sees Chuck as they're um getting sensual. Uh, they are. As they were two, having
1: a nice anniversary.
0: As two consenting adults uh, ought to. Mm-hmm. The woman calls Chuck a pervert and then steps on his fingers, so he falls down, completely just free-falling through the air, but he lands on a bed near the swimming pool where another couple is on a date. Just Couples floor.
1: Do you think that woman thinks that she, like, straight-up murdered Chuck? Like, because she, like, she kicked him (laughs) off the balcony. Like, I'm not saying that a man who is creeping doesn't, like, deserve to be kicked off the balcony, but, like, does she think that she just murdered a man? <laughs> do you think she went back to like making love with her husband or she was like oh my god yeah
0: i can't believe i just killed someone <laughs> and then like the night was ruined they're like we spent so much money on this hotel room like come on like can you just try to like get into a better mood? Like, I can't. I just ended someone's I just life. Ended a man's now he's life. dead. But I guess like if she was concerned about that, she would go look over the balcony and see if there was a splat on the yeah, ground, right? And
2: I, I maybe don't know. she did,
0: and there was nothing, so yeah, she was fine. She was okay. Chuck is stoked that he cheated death once again, <laughs> and has the cipher. However, when he calls to tell Sarah that the Black Widow answers and tells him that if he wants Sarah and Casey to live, he needs to bring the cipher to a certain location the following night. By himself.
2: Uh.
0: Meanwhile, at the Bymore, Lester debuts the Wheel of Misfortune, a tool to scare the Bymore employees into doing their jobs, uh, which is why they are paid to be at the Bymore, is to do their jobs, but they don't do them. Morgan spins the wheel first and is promptly fired <laughs> by the wheel, which causes a chain effect of all the Bymore's employees quitting out of respect for Morgan. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like a, uh, I am Spartacus. Yeah. Uh out of community recognition for Morgan one such figure of the bymore team was a green shirt named Kirk
2: i
1: know someone s- had a line
0: who says to lester this place blows before storming out
1: i was really excited that a green shirt had a line
0: well that um that green shirt casey talks occasionally <laughs>
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, that's fine.
0: Montgomery tells Chuck that Sasha will kill Casey and Sarah regardless of what Chuck does that night. Montgomery brags that his life is boring and cowardly, but, you know, he's alive, which is more than what most of his colleagues can say. Chuck asks him how he can just let Sarah and Casey die, to which Montgomery responds, quote, because I'm not in love with one of the agents. No, Montgomery, no, in this show, you're not in love with them, but in my erotic Montgomery (laughs) slash Casey fan fiction... It's a whole other story. Oh,
1: boy. Uh, coming coming soon to a fanfiction.net near you.
0: And it's uh, it's playing off of the, the student-teacher relationship. Oh so if you're into that kind of Ooh, thing and also into yep. Montgomery and Casey, this is the fanfiction for you. Pretty hot. Pretty hot. So when Chuck responds to Montgomery saying that he's just an asset to Sarah, Montgomery assures Chuck that Sarah does have feelings for him but asks Chuck if Sarah is worth dying for. Chuck says yes, before saying that he must not be that much of a spy if he fell in love with his partner, just as Montgomery is not that much of a spy legend.
1: <gasps> wow, what a burn.
0: Mike
2: dropped.
1: Mike dropped. So I was trying to eat an orange at this part in the note-taking, so my notes got a little sticky. Also, in a sticky situation is Devin. <laughs> Chuck wakes up to find Devin sleeping on the couch. Chuck and Devin have a heart-to-heart about how Devin wants to make up for following Morgan's bad advice, but he doesn't have time because doctor schedules are so busy. Also, Chuck tried to call the CIA on the phone and get in touch with Beckman, but he had no luck. That part just did not work with my orange joke, so you're hearing about it now. Chuck arrives at an empty Bymore. Lester freaks out that Big Mike will get here and discover the store empty, but as usual, Big Mike does not notice and even compliments Lester for what a good job he's doing. Lester arranges a meeting with the Bymore employees who quit. They're all in their street clothes, which I have to say is a welcome change, it really shows like their various personalities and I like that. In order to convince them to come back to work, he has to give them two hour lunch breaks, nice, unlimited bathroom time, also nice, and he has to spin the wheel of misfortune. He ends up on diaper duty, which, can you explain what's happening there? Because I was unsure what that meant.
0: You know how the bathrooms have diaper changing stations?
1: Yeah, but he didn't seem to be in a bathroom. Like, they were all watching him do it. And he seemed to be in, like, the home theater room. Did someone, I mean, I guess, like, it's gross. Like, people leave diapers weird places. Like, maybe that's what it meant. But I was confused.
0: Yeah, that's probably right.
1: I was also excited because uh, there was a prominent Wii placement in this episode.
0: I also noticed that. Nintendo Wii really in full product placement mode this time around. Mario Party 8. Check it out.
1: Montgomery shows up at the Bymore and says he's willing to help Chuck on his mission to rescue Casey and Sarah, presumably to prove that he is still a legend. There's a quite ballsy scene where at the designated meeting time and place, Chuck sends a courier, who this time is not a woman in shorts, so that's nice, um, with a package to Sasha. She opens the package and it's a ringing cell phone. Chuck's on the other end, of course, and he tells her to meet him at an address that I'm assuming is the Bymore. I googled the address, and it was not a Bymore, I mean the buy more is fictional, so I don't know what I was expecting, but um, it's, it's a real address, but not a Bymore. He hangs up, and he and Montgomery nod at each other, it's really cool, then Sasha calls back and asks for directions, which I thought was kind of a good, like, tension diffuser, I thought it was pretty cute. When Sasha and her henchmen arrive at the Bymore, Chuck broadcasts himself onto all the screens in the store to tell Sasha he has the cipher, and he'll trade it for Casey and Sarah once they're safe. Unfortunately, while he's doing this, one of Sasha's bodyguards finds Chuck, so he runs up to the roof. Sasha is about to kill her hostages, because they're now pointless, when Montgomery shows up, and he points a gun at her. There's a brief fight where all the bodyguards are taken out, and Montgomery and Casey get free, but Sasha gets a hold of Sarah and drags her towards the car with a gun to her head. Montgomery radios into Chuck, reminding him of the story uh, of Montgomery tying a bedsheet to his waist, whatever, um, Montgomery says time to be a spy and Chuck says he's not a spy but then he shows remarkable bravery because apparently the banner at the beginning was Chekhov's banner and Chuck ties it around his waist and swings off the roof and right into Sasha that's like luckily she was standing right in his path but he knocks her unconscious and Montgomery says now that's what I call a spy. Later, Beckman congratulates Chuck on a job well done, and Sarah and Casey shower him in praise. Chuck tells Beckman he appreciates the praise, but he'd like the government to start pulling their weight. What does that mean? Chuck asks the government to turn his apartment into, like, a romantic pleasure cave for Ellie and Devin, complete with roses and candles and champagne and pie. And I was wondering who they got to do this. Like, did they just (laughs) call, like, some operatives and were like, yeah, you gotta uh, make a sex dungeon.
0: I, I was thinking that was Casey, maybe. Oh, that was, that's cute. I like
1: that a lot. I wish we had that scene. I hope that's a deleted scene.
0: Maybe. I was thinking, I was too caught up. I'm like, wow, this seems like a gross misappropriation of government funds.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's decorate true. Decorate someone's
0: apartment, but that's fine.
1: So Sarah and Chuck have a nice <clears throat> heart-to-heart about his spy antics. She says she's never seen anyone quite like him, which was a pretty sweet moment. They're interrupted by Montgomery leaving Casey's apartment. Uh, Montgomery Presumably
0: helps... <laughs> after making love in my erotic <laughs> Montgomery Casey fanfiction. Yeah,
1: I mean, we have no way of proving that that's not true.
0: something to consider
1: um Montgomery tells Casey that the reason he failed him was because Casey's partner in seduction class was too pretty to pass more on that later um but that's that was weird um Montgomery tells Chuck that in order to win Sarah over he should rent a white dinner jacket and show up at her apartment with wine and a red rose Chuck does this but he puts his own spin on it and he, he I don't know I was assuming it was like a Ramon shirt I don't know what's under the dinner jacket but it's like got like a union jack on it It seems to be like a band t-shirt i kind of thought it was a good look like i thought this was one of his best looks
0: yeah you thought it was a good look
1: they like gel their hair like i don't like how they gel their hair i know 2008 was a different time but like i don't like the hair gel in this show i like when it's just like natural but i like the look like i like the outfit he got like his he Mm -hmm. got his like converse on and stuff
0: I think it's a good look too. I, I I think like when I was watching this as a, a a young boy, a wee lad, I was probably like, "That's the coolest look I've ever seen."
1: What do you think about the move? Do you think it's a good move?
0: The white dinner jacket and the yeah, rose? and the wine,
1: and like just showing up at a girl's apartment.
0: It's a it's a strong move. I think. I don't know if it would work. I'd have to consult with uh, Eric <laughs> Nay Mystery, but I think if I was if I was Sarah, then I think it would work on me. Well, I
1: was I was thinking about a moment in my life, um, where someone I was dating showed up at my apartment with flowers after I had, like, a long, hard day. And it was, like, it was a very sweet moment, but I was also, like, I had a long, hard day, and I just want to, like, go to sleep. I don't want to, like, now, like, watch The Jungle Book with you. So that's some insight into my my romantic uh, view of the world.
0: I just picture that you have men lining up at your door constantly coming every night, and like, yeah. with flowers, and they all demand to watch yes. The Jungle Book. I'm just, I'm like, just I just can't do it tonight. The
1: jungle book. I'm sorry.
0: I can't watch the Jungle Please Book tonight. Jungle I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care that there's like 10 different there's versions so of many. the Jungle Book. I don't care about the animated version. I don't compare about the first Disney computer animated version. I don't care about the other <laughs> Netflix Andy Circus version. I don't. I don't want to read the uh, the Rudyard Kipling book. I just want nothing no to do Jungle with the Jungle book. book. Please,
1: please stop. Go
0: Jungle Book yourself.
1: So, um, we're at, we, uh, I, I assume that something was going to go wrong with this plan of Chuck's, and of course it does. And of course, what it is is that uh, Chuck opens the or Sarah opens the door, and uh, who's in there? It's Bryce. He's back. Bryce is back. Much like Ben, Bryce is back. Back. what get it because Ben is back do you, you remember that movie it was it was Lucas Hedges there was a movie with Julia Roberts and it was called Ben is back So well, Bryce is back what? it came out in like September it was like an Oscar player but it didn't get nominated so
0: alright cool check out Ben is back Uh, anyhow I think we're really kind of burying the lead here yeah, Bryce is, is back. back what the hell and he's in yeah, Sarah's apartment there.
1: of course what where, where do you think like where, where else would he be
0: that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Is it? Well, kind of for Chuck, he was going to have a romantic moment with Sarah, and then Bryce is there.
1: Bryce Sarah could have been dead.
0: We like Bryce, but I just didn't want to see him there.
1: Yeah, it was it was a little bit we were we were unclear on what was happening. If like Sarah and Chuck seemed to be in a good place, now her ex is back. What's going to happen? We don't know.
0: Oh, crazy! What a roller coaster. And then that's when I got off the roller coaster. I I rode the roller coaster twice and said, <laughs> Whoa, I'm feeling a little queasy right now. I gotta step off the roller coaster. And thus concludes Chuck versus the seduction. Wow. Wow. What a sexual journey.
1: I've been seduced by that episode, let me tell you.
0: Hey yo. yo. So now we move on to the next part of our show where we uh have a few new segments, uh including one really new segment and then another segment that's also kind of new. Still new, slightly less new. It's not like brand new, but it's still new. Uh so the, the new segment that's completely new is called Extra Extra. And Aaron will be uh, leading us through Extra Extra right now.
1: Yeah, so today I'd like to highlight my personal favorite background extra, another Buymore employee. We first encountered well, we first encountered him in the Buymore, but one of the first times we saw him like going solo on screen was in the poker scene last season where mm-hmm. they were playing like strip poker um we will continue to encounter him as the series goes on but since he never speaks in my memory and he doesn't get a name for several more episodes i'm going to have to describe him to you so you know who i'm talking about sure. he's the one with like the blonde afro and the glasses that is he's who incredible. i was thinking
0: of that's yep. the only one that i could pick he's like
1: the quintessential one there's but, another there's one there's the other he's... guy
0: the guy yeah. with like the pink face
1: yeah that his name is fernando we'll get to him later but uh this guy's incredible i love his face um in the show his name is skip johnson Really? And so I was wondering if he's cousins with Scooter, because those are those names are kind of similar. Skip and Scooter.
0: Scooter Johnson.
1: Yeah, maybe they're related. Yeah,
0: maybe. Who knows?
1: So in in real life, this character is played by Michael Kosinski, I think, or Krasinski. Polish names are difficult for me, despite the fact that I'm in Polish, but there are some C's and some Z's and some Skis. So he was also an extra in Heroes, which I learned in my research. A lot of the green shirts were extras in Heroes, so apparently NBC passes people around. <laughs> I learned from the Heroes wiki. Um, I'm going to just read you a quote just to demonstrate how weird wikis are. But It says, <laughs> Additionally, Michael has done principal work in commercial for organizations such as UPS, Old Navy, and the Emmys. Michael takes neuroscience classes at UCLA and has a particular interest in the future of human evolution and also the effects of meditation on the brain. So that's some information about uh, Skip Johnson's (laughs) real-life actor. And I think I found his LinkedIn. Now that I'm thinking about this, I found a neuroscientist with that name's linkedin so maybe that was him
2: probably yeah
1: we could ask him to be a guest we could talk about the brain
0: i mean i'm not super interested in talking to him but <laughs>
1: I'm, sure. I'm interested in looking at him he's like he's a cool looking guy
0: yeah well maybe if you ever need to get your brain looked at while you're in la he can help you out if he's at ucla or if you just want to talk about meditation or the future of human evolution
1: yeah all of the, i like to talk about all of those things so i'll i'll just how did
0: he end up as an as an extra Also, are the Buy More people, are they extras, or are they just non-speaking roles?
1: I mean, I don't know. Well, the name of this segment is Extra Extra, so I think we're going to have to say they're extras. It's not non-speaking role,
0: non-speaking role. Yeah. That's fine. They're extras. That's fine.
1: They're They're like
0: king extras. They're like the leaders of the extras.
1: Yes. Agreed.
0: All right. Well, exciting. Happy to learn about Skip Johnson is the character name. Skip Johnson. Who knew? I didn't know. There's always new things to learn about Chuck. Uh, next segment, enter into the home theater room, which is <gasps> when we enter the home theater room in the Bymore and play a home video from our personal experience. Uh, I was thinking this week about uh, the art of seduction, not just mystery and the pickup artist, but my own futile attempts to be seductive, uh, oh which I, I'm not good at. One specific moment I was thinking of was was the only time that I've left a phone number for a waitress, uh, which did not go well.
2: Ah,
1: yes.
0: It's notoriously bad. I got to write a like a college paper about how bad it was. That's how I
1: remember that. Yeah,
0: it was interesting. It was so bad that the professor was like, yeah, this qualifies. I think this is (laughs) the
1: trauma. I'm hyping
0: this up really big. But basically, we were out to dinner with some family friends in like near the North shore of Massachusetts. And we're at this brick oven pizza place. And I was oh, having a really good time. Of course. That's just, where
1: like, romance begins. just like
0: a fun day, you know, just like mm-hmm. feeling, feeling good vibes. And we're out mm-hmm. to dinner and I'm like really hungry. And we had this waitress and I was like, Oh, she's cute. Like, I don't really know how to talk to her. I'm like with my family right now. And also I, I wouldn't know how to talk to her if I was by myself, but yeah, she's, she's cute. And then, I was competing with that kind of desire of, to like be a cool person. And then also my desire to just stuff my stomach because I was so hungry. Uh, <laughs> and the stomach part was definitely overriding the, the brain part. So while we're there, what I ordered and what I... <laughs> It's all coming back to me now. What I ordered and what I ate was like, it was impressive, but probably not to a woman that I was trying to seduce. Uh, Basically, our interaction started with, uh, if you've ever been to a restaurant before, I don't know if you have, (laughs) listeners, but definitely check it out if you haven't. Restaurants. (laughs) Um restaurant. They usually start with someone asking you for what kind of beverage you'd like. So I, for some reason, this was it's also important to note this was before I really understood the extent my lactose intolerance.
1: Oh no, oh God. Uh
0: which doesn't really play a role. Eh, it might, but anyhow, <laughs> I was being very devil may care about what I was putting into my body. Ooh. So for my beverage of choice, I was not 21 yet, so I couldn't drink. So I asked for chocolate milk. That was a
2: <laughs> weird move.
0: I was 20 years old. <laughs> ordering chocolate milk at a restaurant uh the way uh she, the server comes back uh with other people's beverages like soft drinks or wine or what have you um and she says oh i'm sorry we're we're you know actually kind of out of chocolate milk the only chocolate milk we have is like down in the supply closet um it's kind of hard to get to but if you really need chocolate milk that badly i we can get it but if you don't do you want to order something else And so thinking about it in hindsight, I should have said, oh, no, that's fine. I'll just get a Sprite or some like water or something. But instead, what did you do? I said, yes, please go get that chocolate milk.
1: Are you kidding? No. This woman hated you. So
0: she had to go off and she was gone for like 20 minutes. I then came back with a great glass of chocolate milk. May I add? Then I continued to eat a whole, a whole like not quite personal size, but a little bit bigger than a personal size pizza on my own after drinking my chocolate milk. And then afterwards I was still hungry. So I ate an ice cream sundae.
1: This is yeah. I'm sorry. This is not, this is not an attractive move.
0: So then you're thinking like, wow, how could this waitress keep her hands off of you at this point? She just (laughs) must be so infatuated. So I was thinking that and I was like, you know what? You only live once. May as well. Just I'm going to take a shot. So I snuck back as we were walking out of the restaurant and I ran back and I grabbed the pen and I wrote oh my down, god,
1: I'm re- remembering the end of the story now.
0: I wrote down my phone number on the receipt and was like looking around. And I wrote it down and then I was like, well, she's not going to know which, which person left their phone number. So why would she call it? And I was like, well, if I put my name, but well, that still doesn't really mean anything to her. She doesn't know what my name is and I don't really have time to describe myself. So the first thing that came into my mind was just writing the phrase cool guy. So I wrote on the receipt cool guy equals and then my phone number and then left.
1: <laughs> and did she call?
0: Yes, and we've been happily married ever since <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's so nice. that's a great story chris
0: yeah uh, she she did not call, and then I probably <laughs> had intense stomach issues that night because of all the, the dairy that I ate. So, oh, I don't know I, my life is so tolerant I don't know I don't know, so anyhow, that was that's basically my attempts to be seductive, so let's uh let's pack up the home theater room for this episode that was enter the home theater room.
2: It's a great story, Chris.
0: Now let's move on to uh, another favorite segment, Chuck, Mary, Kill. We pick one episode, (laughs) one episode. uh, We pick one element of this episode that we'd like to marry. And then one element of this episode that we would like to kill. Um, What would you like to start with, Aaron?
1: I will start with Mary this time. Okay. I wanted to, um, in uh, following Chuck's escapades on the, roof when he uses the uh sign to swing down um the sign is apparently rearranged the next morning so that it now says new ass man is this your mary as this well? is my mary too oh my god okay so it says new ass man and big mike walks up and he says i ain't new and i <laughs> loved it it was so good oh my god it was a very good joke
0: uh yeah that was my mary too i was concerned yeah. that you didn't mention it when you were doing your synopsis yeah no, i was, I was like, saving it but okay good I laughed yep. so hard. I just didn't think because I thought it was just going to be it would say new ass man and then a character would roll their eyes and walk in yep. and not really address yep. it. So no. I was pleasantly surprised yes. when
1: amazing Big Mike really just good.
0: delivers that awesome punchline.
1: Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> um, uh, moving on to kill, I will continue to go first here. Um, and say please. that. I did not like uh, when Montgomery says he failed Casey because his partner was too pretty to pass. Mm -hmm. I I didn't understand that because I feel like he could have still passed Casey. Um, And also I thought that- (laughs) Just really singled out
0: that poor woman.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess so. But this is why women can't succeed in the industry because uh, people like Rowan Montgomery are just not passing them. Yeah. Because they're too pretty.
2: Or
0: they're expecting things from them.
1: Yeah sucks Mm -hmm. i thought that i mean i guess the show was kind of grappling with the inherent like issues of like a bond-like character Mm -hmm. but like not really that like it was just kind of like a good moment for casey to be like oh i didn't do a bad job Mm -hmm. i thought that instead I, I thought that what was going to happen was that, um, like, Sasha was going to do something, like, she had seen Casey as the bartender, she had seen Casey as an agent, and she was going to, like, flirt with him, or, like, say, like, as she was getting put in handcuffs, she was going to be like, call me, and then Casey was going to have been redeemed in his seduction technique. Oh, yeah. But... Instead it was this, which I thought was a less good uh, example of what could have been.
0: I uh, my kill for this week was uh, I, don't know, I don't really know what kind of how to classify it, but I think it was a uh, not really a structural thing. I, maybe an editing choice, I don't know. Mm-hmm. but if you pay attention during the opening credits, not like the mm-hmm. title sequence, but just like when they're they're talking about like other supporting players or producers yeah. or whoever, they uh-huh. say it's the episode is featuring Matt Bomber right at the very beginning. I don't know if you noticed that. I did not notice that. I noticed it. So I
1: telegraphed that he was going to be there.
0: Absolutely. So I, because I'm a eagle eye viewer and I, you know, (laughs) am 110% aware of everything that's going on on the screen during any given episode of Chuck. I noticed, I said, Oh, Matt Bomber's in this episode. And then I had that in the back of my mind. I kind of forgot about it while it was going Mm -hmm. on, but I was like, Oh, Matt, but we still haven't seen Matt Bomber. Like, and I just kind of figured it was going to be in a flashback somewhere. Yeah. So I just had Matt Bomber in my mind and I had basically forgotten about him when he showed up. But I was thinking that why do they have to put him in the title credits? Like just hold on to it and then
1: it might be like him. a legal thing.
0: But they've done it before where they have actors. They they list them in the credits like on the black screen. Like at the very mm-hmm. end, they could put it yeah. could have put him like at the first one like yeah, Matt Bomber, And then yeah. it would have preserved the surprise.
1: Yeah, it's like a moot point because I wasn't affected by it, but yeah, (laughs) I see, I see what you're saying.
0: I was just, I was taken aback. I was still surprised when I saw him in Sarah's apartment, but I would have been way more surprised if they didn't even telegraph it at all, so.
1: And if you had never seen the show before.
0: And if I had never seen the show before, I'd be like, who's that? (laughs) Who's this person? What's their name? Why are they doing that? Who's that person? Why is that happening? Uh, Those people are the worst when you're watching something with that kind of person. Oh, that's me. That's you? yeah i don't think so you oh, wouldn't well, if that's, i was that's really nice if i was watching a tv show that you've never seen before and you walked into the room would you like sit down and just ask like who's that why is that happening where do they I come from much,
1: i do that with my roommates when they're watching tv so no Uh-oh. wonder i got evicted at the beginning of this episode
0: yeah that's <laughs> little inside hint people do not like when other people do that
1: I don't know. I think, I think they like it. I think they're, uh, I think they like to feel that what they're doing is interesting. No
0: (laughs) one wants to break the, when they're watching something and have someone just rip them out of the moment and be like, Hey, who's that person? Why is it happening? Can you explain everything that happened so far so I can watch this too? Like, it's not your, it's not your thing. I
1: have to, I have to reevaluate some life choices.
0: Okay. Well, before you do that, let's uh, take a look at the scooter scale, uh, a new edition for season two. We rank in episodes, uh, from zero to five corn dogs,
1: I I believe that is correct. I forgot that we do this, so I'm gonna have to quickly <laughs> figure out what my score is. That's fine. You go first. Please. So the
0: scooter scale, named after Scooter, of course. Rest in peace, Scooter. Uh, based on peace. how much we like the episode, what kind of quality episode of Chuck we think that the episode was. Um, for this week, I think this is a four corn dog episode. I'm gonna give it a four. That's uh, nice. Thought it was really really solid. Had some good laughs. Um, had some good action. Uh, didn't quite like blow my mind like Mm uh like last week's episode but i thought it was really good so four corn dogs
1: i think yeah i think i'm gonna give it a uh three and a half corn dogs Mm -hmm. maybe um i agree that it was i i enjoyed the episode a lot i thought that the action was good i thought that the plot was good um some of the uh seduction stuff was weird but funny i guess um and i liked the uh I like the things I learned from this episode, such as that Garcon is not a name. I liked the Wii placement. Uh, yeah, but a good episode. Three and a half corn dogs. Nice.
0: Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. So any concluding thoughts?
1: Uh, the hero's wiki is weird. I'm going to just continue <laughs> continue with that. Very thorough. Yep. <laughs> fair enough and also don't leave your phone number for waitresses
0: don't do it unless i mean or i mean i've heard of times where it works out very well for for people on the on the service industry side if you're good at receiving phone numbers it really opens a lot of doors for you
2: what is that, what does that mean what
0: like if you're a bartender or a waiter and you get phone people leave phone numbers for you it happens pretty regularly then like you can meet people that way
1: okay all right yeah so, i guess i guess that's like the tinder of real life it's being a bartender. I don't know. Sure. It doesn't right. work anymore.
0: <laughs> Anyhow, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Eric, nay, mystery. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to uh, thanks, see, see you on the other episodes. Uh, for all of us here at Go Chuck Yourself, my name is Chris Gillespie, uh, imploring you to remember that food is sexy. So sexy but that you can be seduced by it. Unless Morgan tells you that it's sexy, in which case oh, Morgan's no, a, listen to him. a hairy little gnome man
1: hairy little gnome dirty
0: little bastard her uh, hairy little
1: bastard dirty sorry, little bastard I think, I think it's hairy i don't think it's dirty
0: yeah it's getting a little hairy I wish
1: someone had called well harry tang wasn't really that hairy though morgan is mm. more hairy than harry tang obi-wan more grimy that's like it's been stuck in my head i keep thinking of it and i hate that i keep thinking of it anyway My name is Erin Arada, and I am reminding you that anything is possible. Sweet. Even uh, eating a bunch of dairy and then trying to seduce a waitress. But getting her phone number after that is not possible. It could have worked for some people.
0: It could have happened. She could have been like, wow, that guy knows what he wants, and he's not afraid to, to ask for it. He does not understand how his body works. All right, and on that note, see you next week.
1: Good night, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening. Special thanks to freemusicarchive.org and the artist Hadakoa for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. Make sure to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and tweet at us at gochuckpodcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our show on Apple
2: Podcasts and write a review if that's something you need to do. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.